Hello, this is Katie Sloan. And I am Dina DiCastro. Welcome to Let's Get Real Astrology, making the connection between astrology and real life. We aim to bridge the gap between astrological theory and how to use the wisdom of the planets in our daily lives. We'll share personal stories that bring concepts down to earth. We'll provide you with strategies for working with challenging astrological energies. And we will always focus upon how to use astrology to empower rather than to predict. If you want to understand how astrology can be used to make your life better, listen in. Hello, I'm Katie Sloan. And I'm Dina DiCastro. Welcome to episode one. Today we are going to talk about new moons and rituals around new moons, manifesting. What does that all mean? So I'm pretty into the moon. Uh, I'm a big fan. I love its predictability. I love to watch the phases unfold in the sky. Um, It's sort of the one thing we can count on to do its thing exactly the same way month after month, year after year, you know. So I always watch it. I'll sometimes be out on a walk and the there's a big full moon and I'll be like, yeah, I see you. You know, it's just like such a cool, I just love the moon. So as you probably already know, uh, the new moon occurs each month when the sun and the moon align and that causes the moon to go dark. So the phase signifies a rebirth or the start of a new cycle. And since the moon in astrology reflects our feeling nature and inner knowing. The darkness sort of allows us to reflect inward and get in touch with what our heart is calling for. So it's a good time to plant seeds of intention for what we would want to see manifest. You'll find a lot of people throwing around the concept of manifesting at the new moon. I think that's a pretty big catchphrase nowadays. You know, what are your intentions? What do you wish to see to come to fruition? And new moon ritual is just an age-old practice anyway. So I know there's been times in our lives where Dina and I have practiced um, a manifesting ritual consistently in times when we haven't. So we we wanted to talk about different practices and also the idea of if you're not practicing, you know, at the new moon that you should you should really be doing it or nothing will will manifest in your life. You know, those we're let's talk about those concepts a little bit. So Dina, you want to share like your thoughts around uh new moon rituals? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have a lot of experience with this too. Of course, um, going back to my early days as an astrologer, um, I got a hold of the book New Moon Astrology by Jan Spiller. And it's a book that focuses on for each new moon in each sign, making wishes that go with the themes of that sign. So for example, you know, just to lay it out what the structure is. In general, there's a new moon about once a month, and they're in the zodiacal sequence. So there's an Aries new moon, then a Taurus new moon, then a Gemini, or yeah, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it goes like that all the way through the the zodiac. And so she has it uh, 
you know, some suggestions for wishes you can make. So I did that for a lot of years with a friend of mine named Mireille and we, you know, partnered up and did our new moon wishes every month for several years. And then we tracked like which things came true, which things didn't come true. And honestly, it was pretty random what things came true, quote, came true and what didn't. But what it did help us to do was to refine how we were making the wishes and what we were, what kinds of things we were doing to bring those wishes through to manifestation. And what I came to believe over that time and working with, with that book in particular, but also just with the new moon energies and making wishes is that it's a more powerful intention to think about the new moon as a time to take action on the things that I want to come to fruition, but I have to take the action. Like I have to plant the seed. I have to do something just to sit back and wish (laughs) does not always or often result in, in it coming to happen. And this goes to my bigger complaint with manifesting stuff, which we'll be talking about probably off and on throughout this entire uh, show. (laughs) So, you know, we'll be touching on manifestation, but I think my, my experience with it is, you know, work and intention go together, action and wishes go together. You can't do one without the other and expect something's going to happen. But what the new moons can be powerful for is getting clear on what you want, which is a hard enough question for some of us to answer. Like, you know, if you ask any woman in particular, I think women have a harder time with this than men do, honestly. Like, what do you want? You know, what do you want right now in your life? You'll see the blank eyed stare of, you know, deer in the headlights. (laughs) And I think you know, new moons are really good for checking in, going inside of ourselves, especially at the dark moon, that balsamic phase right before the full moon or the new moon and saying, okay, what is going on inside of me? What do I really want right now? What do I want to make happen? And then taking an action that goes along with uh, the desire. You know, it's so funny because I was thinking this year, I feel like I mean, like in the last seven months, I'm, I like had this aha moment where I'm like, oh, I get what all this is about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like, I've been practicing, I had been practicing, you know, new moon ritual for years. And I I think it all started like back when I lived in Portland and I was like wishing for a, a different life, which is pretty general, you know. But I really, really wanted to move out of Oregon, and I wasn't sure where that was going to be. But I remember my practice was like, okay, looked on the internet, you know, way back when, and I was like, okay, what are new moon rituals about, and how do I do it? And and I figured that if I got it right, you know, there was a part of me that was like, if I get it right, these things will happen. If I keep practicing it, these things will happen. And so it's almost like you know, if you start thinking about manifesting as like making a deal with the devil or whatever, like, like it's <laughs> gonna, it's gonna happen for you. But I, I really realized like, mo- I mean, I've had some major things manifest in my life. But lately, I've recognized that 
the practice of writing out goals or wishes or, you know, what you would like to see to come to fruition is just like part of the tool of keeping your, keeping a mindset on which direction you're heading. And then you just have to really practice. I mean, you have to really, really put the work in, right? I mean, it's not yeah. about, yep. it's not about salt baths and incense. <laughs> you know, it's... Although if you're on the internet for five minutes, you would think right. that it was. <laughs> That's why I was like, man, if I take these salt baths and cleanse that aura, I will definitely start attracting yeah. new things. Right. And I don't mean to make fun of it. Yeah. I I don't. Because I think that some of that is like, it's just getting in the habit of like ritual that allows you sacred time for yourself to relax and, you know, and lots of people don't give themselves that time. So, I mean, if you've got a once a month deal that you do around the moon that allows you to like check in, I think that's great. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I think of the, the dark moon, which I'm really using to bean that period, like just before the new moon. And then even right after the actual exact new moon, that whole period can last about three days or so. Mm -hmm. And you can intentionally take that time to be more gentle with yourself, to get more quiet, to go inside of yourself. It's like, you know, like if you're an introvert, that's like introvert dream time, you know, just let yourself go fully into, into introversion. Uh, because that's where we get the good stuff. When we go into the dark and inside of ourselves, we have realizations and epiphanies. And if we don't do that, if we don't rest and retreat, then we can't figure out what we do actually want or even who we are. Mm -hmm. like we need that once a month at least, you know, once a month check-in. And so that's really how I use it now is I'm mindful of the dark moon and the new moon time as time to lay low, time to go get even more introspective. I'm already in a major introvert. So um, it just helps me to give myself permission to be more of that and to put some boundaries around me too and to protect myself from a lot of extraneous energies during that time because that's another thing that new moons can do is they can make us more sensitive. Definitely, um, yeah. Yeah. And I, full moons too. Oh, I just I feel like full moons are what really I'm I always feel the energy of a full moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to me that's more like a how I experience that is more like a buzzy electrical feeling. Mhm. It, and it can be overstimulating in a different way. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel is I just, I am always overstimulated yeah. by full moons and the energy and just, I, I feel like I pay attention, um, to what is going on around me. You know, I mean, you see a lot of people sort of out of their mind around the new moon or around the full moon time, but I agree with you. I am super introspective and um, introverted, and I do have some ritual around that that I do now, but it's much, much different than what it used to be. So one thing that I really like doing is, I, I always look forward to it, is once a year, I do my yearly tarot card 
poll and um, it sort of gives me insight for every month. So it's like there's a main theme of what you're working on this year that is defined by a couple cards that I draw in the middle. And then I have 12 other cards that represent what the energy is for each month. And I start those each month's card on the new moon. So I, I will pull that card out, take a look at it, sort of get a sense of what is happening and then write an intention around it or an affirmation or a reminder. And then it, it just like gives me something to reflect on for the whole month. And it's funny how those cards really tell the story of something yeah. I'm working on. You know, there'll be times when I'm like, Ooh, I got the 10 of swords. That looks bad. It's never, never a fun card to get. No, I'm like, oh no. But it's, I mean, it, that's sort of just like predicting astrological transits, right? You know, it's like never turns out how you think it will right. for yourself. So, you know, I guess when I see a card like that, a lot of the time it's about boundaries for, for me. And that's something that I constantly have to work on too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I do a, a similar thing, similar, but different, um, for the new moons and the full moons, I pull an animal card and I've been doing this for many years. Uh, it's the Druid animal deck and it's, it's a really beautiful deck. I'll put this in the show notes, but it's animals that you can only find in the UK. So it's, you know, a specific set of animals and there are four dragons in the deck as well. So you could, you could get a dragon, um, <laughs> which is always fun. I've got a dragon right now. What does that mean? <laughs> Dragons are, you know, pretty powerful, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so I pull for the new moon, uh, an animal that takes me from the new moon to the full moon. So for about a two week period, what is the guiding energy? And that's really the question that I ask. And this is very important. Like when you do a, any kind of a ritual with the, the new moon, what is your intention? You know, how do you ask the question? So what I'm asking is not what animal is going to predict what's going to happen to me over these next two weeks, but what animal can best guide me over the next two weeks from the perspective of my guides and my higher self and what you know, they can see ahead a little bit on the road, my guides, you know? Yep. And so I trust that they're going to show me the animal that's, that's going to be a good guide for me in that period. So that's the energy that then the animal that I call on during that two week period of the new moon to the full moon. And I do the same for the full moon down to the new moon, but it's a really nice regular thing that I always have on my altar. I always look at it you know, I look at it every day. I think about how can I integrate this animal's energies. Um, so that's one way that I use it, one moon ritual that I have. Yeah, I pick an animal card mm -hmm. too for the whole year. It's like, which animal's energy do I need um, to help me out? Or, and then it feels like the cards, the question that I always ask is, what do I need to know? What am I learning mm -hmm. this month? And that that is, and I feel the same way. Like I get excited to look at that card. I check it out. I keep a, a photo of it and then check in throughout the month. And it's, t it, there's, it's funny how it sort of shows up and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm working on this right now, you know? Right. Um, I love, 
I love the cards, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love animal energies to work with. I do, too. That brings it down to earth for me, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I have an earth sign moon myself, I think I, I really resonate with that. Yeah. Uh, very grounded, witchy, you know, pagan animal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I find it ties in with the new moon stuff very nicely. I think most people like relating to animal energies, mm-hmm. too. Don't you? Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. I um, for our wedding reception, I pulled animal cards for everybody, and then wrote out a little thing that you know I matched the animals to the person and the things that I liked best about that person, mm. and people loved it. They yeah. loved it. They took their cards home. I was like really surprised. Wow. So I think that's a fun way to practice um, a monthly ritual. I like the idea of, of that you just said about pulling cards twice, like one at the new moon and one at the full moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there are those kind of two pivot points. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And going back to something that you said about, you know, salt baths, and we can totally make fun of that at the same time as we <laughs> can do it. <laughs> right. Um, but I do think it's important to think about the, the new moon as a time of cleansing because you're letting go of the old at mm-hmm. the same time that you're welcoming in the new. So another ritual that I do is cleansing, literally cleansing my environment. It can be cleaning my office, cleaning uh, my altar space, clearing, you know, with a uh, smoke, you know, clearing of, of the space. Sage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's important to, you know, think about that time very intentionally as a letting go of the previous month's energies. Mm-hmm. And that's when it becomes so um, powerful in your life to realize that everything is on a cycle and we can always start a new day and we can always start a, lo- a new lunation cycle. And that's where the new moon can really help us is marking the endings and new beginnings. Where do we put that? Right. Yep. It could mm-hmm. be so freeing to realize, okay, I'm done. Let's say we had a shitty lunation. <laughs> yeah. It's like we had a crap month this past month. <laughs> okay. Let's just wipe the slate clean and start new. Right. Yeah. Too much Saturn. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> For yeah. instance. For instance. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea of that too. I definitely, I wrote down some things today like reasons why you would do a new moon ritual why you would practice and I think part of that is to give yourself time to reflect on you which we already touched on and just to give yourself a quiet moment I mean I just talked to somebody the other day who is going 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 all the time and she was talking about how she's completely lost touch with her creativity, you know, and doesn't know, like you said, like has lost touch with the idea of what she even wants Mm -hmm. in her life next. And I think that if you don't allow yourself quiet, you know, I mean, once a month is like the least you can do for yourself. Um, But I think those times can allow the, um, your intuition, your, the voice inside you, you know, the creativity to like sort of come through. And if you, you know, it gives you a chance to hear that again, 
and like listen to what what it is that you want. I think that's important. I taught this new moon co-taught uh, new moon yin class here in Colorado Springs for up until the pandemic happened. And it was maybe, you know, like the only time in the month where people took two hours to quiet their minds and bodies. It was like such a beautiful class. And it was interesting to see to the different moons, how people came to class. I mean, that was like, I mean, for me, it was kind of fascinating because like, I know when the Gemini moon, new moon came, people were like, coming in at the last minute they were frantic they were like totally scattered and you mm-hmm. know and then I remember the Taurus moon people were like oh yeah I just took a bath and I've just like they were sort of like s- sauntering in like all relaxed and you know they had their blankets with them so it just like every month the way people even entered the yoga studio sort of pertain to what was happening with the moon yeah (laughs) you know the cycle of the moon so it's funny to see yeah Um, that's one one really um easy way to see how astrology works is to track what sign is the moon in not just with a new moon but any time you know what mm -hmm. what is the moon in and how that can play out during the course of a couple days because um, the moon changes signs about every two and a half days. And so for each sign that it's in, that mood will pervade, you know, the, you know, collective. Uh, yep. And you see the synchronicities that line up with that for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I talk about this one all the time. My husband and I used to, I just mentioned it in a post that I did about ice cream because I, I quit eating ice cream. I haven't eaten it in like three months now, wow. which is amazing for me, yeah. right? But every, I mean, Sag Moon is like such a time for sort of overdoing things. And um, it can be, you know, it, when you're in that sort of shadow side of Sag of just like, more is better. Right. And we would, we I swear, every Sag Moon, we'd be like, let's go out to our favorite place, the cantina, and we'd eat a whole bunch of Mexican food and we'd have our margaritas. And then I would be like, let's go get a hot fudge sundae. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, we just like, we would be like so stuffed and like sick. And then we, we'd call Sag Moon the fuck it moon. We'd be (laughs) like, all bets are off, man. And we just can cut loose. Um, Yeah. So I know I got, you know, got to watch out for that Sag moon. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like Sag moon came around quite often for a while. <laughs> it um, doesn't actually, Katie, <laughs> it doesn't come around any more often. It just seems like it does. Yeah. 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 I mean, we have that phenomenon here where my, my husband and I are both Gemini rising. It's like, I know so many Gemini rising people in my life and yeah, and I'm married to one, and and so uh, when the moon is in Gemini, we get super chatty even more. We're we're all also you know pretty chatty as a couple to begin with, but when the moon's in Gemini, it's over the top, and we'll be just like blabbity blabbity blab about nothing much, you know, about uh-huh. you no know, deep <laughs> things going on, just chatter chatter chatter. It's like we can't uh-huh. stop talking, which is kind of cute, but it's also can get annoying. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you want some quiet life. Right. Yeah. It's kind of baby school in some ways for astrologers to talk about the moon 
I, I, I don't know if I mean it like that, but, but I mean, I mention the moon quite often as a way of sort of connecting with energies. So I talk about it a lot right. on my Instagram when I post, um, just so people can sort of like f- maybe get more in touch with, with what they're feeling or what they're seeing around them or, um, whatever. I like it. I do too. I mean, and I don't think it's, it's, I mean, it might be considered baby school by some schools of astrology, but, um, (laughs) I think it's profound because it is, it's one of the luminaries, you know, it's what we see in the sky. It's one of the two big objects we see in the sky, uh, when we can see it. And it's, uh, always, like you said, it's, we can always depend on it. It's regular. It's, very trackable and cyclical and uh, easy to relate to. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think it's a, it's a great way to teach astrology yeah. by talking about the moon in the signs. Yeah. And don't you think that I feel more sensitive to it maybe as a water sign? Yes. Um, yeah. You know, s- some people don't, um, feel the energies as much as others. And I think that both of us being water signs Mm -hmm. and sort of having a Neptunian connection to, you know, it's like feel, you can feel what's going on, which is what, why it's so great to sort of take that break at the new moon yeah, to just like cut loose from all that. Yeah. That energy. I know that I do. um, I really do get low energy at the, at the dark moon and the, the new moon mm-hmm. and I'm a cancer. So the moon rules my sun sign. So I, I feel I'm one of those people that's very sensitive to it. If you have cancer as a big sign in your chart, or if you a big water sign person, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've got my moons in the fourth house. So it's in cancer's house mm-hmm. in, right. It's in Virgo, but it's in cancer's house. So I get you cancers. <laughs> I know you do. I do. <laughs> And I get you fourth house people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally get it. So one thing that I think is is a good practice always, um, and I, I say this to my clients quite often, especially if they're having a transit of Saturn, which is asking you to sort of narrow your focus and put in hard work. But one practice I, I do definitely do is to have sort of that ongoing list of what I'd like to manifest. And it seems like the list changes and I revise it all the time. You know, sometimes there's things that I think that I want and then I realize, you know, it needs revision. <laughs> it doesn't, I don't, I, I don't necessarily um, want it to pan out the way that I thought. Anyway, I do think that having a list and practicing sort of thinking about those intentions at the new moon is just a great practice anyway. So ritual, however you want to do that at that time, whatever that looks like to you, there's no wrong way to do it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I I think that ritual is one of those words that sounds very uh, like it would be something complicated that you have to do. But it could be very simple, like pulling an animal card or, Mm -hmm. you know, cleaning your altar space or your, you know, the room where you create or where you work, because 
those can be ritual activities as well. If you do it with intention, if you're doing it with that thought in your mind, like I'm, I'm cleansing this space of the old energies of the last month. I mean, that too can be ritual. And, uh, the, the other thing that I use new moons for is just planting that seed, like taking a baby step toward the thing that you want toward one of those goals or aspirations. Mm -hmm. All it takes is that first step really, you know, and you don't, it's like you, you don't need to look at the whole picture and feel like you need to be like on the fast track to manifesting. Right. 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 It's like cut yourself some slack. Right. So, and I think what, what I'm getting, you know, in, in this conversation we've had is manifestation is a process. It's not something that happens instantly or overnight or in one moon cycle. You could yes. take many lunations, you know, to refine and to work on and work toward what you're wanting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this can uh, could be helpful for people to to know that and not feel that pressure around manifestation that's out there. Like make this one wish wish on the new moon and it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, then you must have done something wrong. Right. That's then not you how got it, works. it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't take a long enough salt bath. <laughs> exactly. <Or> whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it took me at least three years to to manifest my dream of moving. At, I mean, at least. And in the meantime, it was all these little baby steps that that helped. You know. So right. I do think, and I do think it's easy to get discouraged when you are planting those seeds and they're not turning out on the timeline that, that you are expecting. Um, so I think that though, if you're following, you know, if you're following your heart and what's really calling to you, that eventually you're going to get there. Yeah. Don't you think? I do. And I think, um, at the new moon, that is a good time to check in with yourself and say, Let's say you've been trying to make something happen for a long time, like three years, you know, <laughs> let's say, <laughs> let's say that. And then you have to go inside of yourself at the new moon and say, well, what's standing in my way really? Like, is there yes. something I need to uncover uh, a way that I'm blocking myself or is it an old belief that I now need to get rid of that can help me to actually make this happen? Right. And the, also the idea, like at some points in our lives have wanted other people to change so that, so that it works out for us, you know, or I wish that my partner would blah, 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 would be this or stop doing that. Or I wish that the people at my work would value me more or whatever. Just, I think also like remembering that, that these manifestations, these intentions are really all about you. So it's always going back to the idea that there's something about you that you need to work on. You can't, you can't wish, wish somebody else to, you know, and, and make that work. It just doesn't, that's just not the way, that's not the way it works at all. Yeah. And we're still learning how it really does work. So as soon as we have that, as soon as we have that all figured out, we'll let you know. (laughs) Uh, Probably in the next 50 years or so. Yes. Yeah. What what we're expecting. Optimistically, if we make it that far. Yes. Right. We expect (laughs) enlightenment, complete enlightenment. 
Well, thank you everyone for listening today to this first podcast. Uh, Dina and I have spent a lot of time putting together ideas um, and topics to talk about in following podcasts. So we feel like we have a really good lineup uh, of topics coming up here. Yeah. Yeah. And be looking for those. Uh, We'll be putting them out every couple of weeks uh, with the episodes. So be on the lookout for more coming soon your way. You can find out more about my readings at dinadecastro.com slash readings. I also offer an astrology mentorship program where I mentor emerging astrologers and anyone who wishes to advance their astrological skills and wisdom. You can find out more about the program and apply at dinadecastro.com slash mentorship. To get more weekly astrology insights, follow my Instagram at sparkthesun. Or to learn more about my offerings, go to my website at www.katiesloanastrologer.com. Make sure to follow and like the podcast on Instagram at Let's Get Real Astrology.